You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good afternoon, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you again today on Homegrown Faith. Yes, it's good to be back. I'm feeling a sense of we're getting a rhythm back in as the year starts, which is a nice feeling. I agree. The rhythm there, things are flowing. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, and I hear exciting news that our, you know how we talked about three friends who are going to keep doing this as mates where they talk about a Bible, their Bible, as well as what's something that's happening in life. They are yeah. actually doing that. One's in the NT and the two other guys here in Newcastle and they're catching up over Zoom and chatting about Bible reading and fun things. So oh, great. I'm excited for them. <laughs> Shout out to Zach and Andy and Joel. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Good to hear about that. Yeah. yeah. What have you been up to, mate? Well, I thought I'd, uh, last week, you and I went to the Priscilla and Aquila conference down yeah. in Sydney, which was great fun. Uh, fantastic to be there with a bunch of old friends and new people I haven't met thinking about men and women in ministry, doing that well together. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. The thing that I found surprising <laughs> was a Street Fighter 2 game in the foyer of the Knox Theatre. Of the, of I the saw Knox it building. too. I wondered uh, what that was. Now, you and I both went to Moore College. We have fond memories of the time there. We do. And I couldn't believe it when, yes, there it is. It's a like a, a, a mini uh, arcade game with Street Fighter 2, which is a game that's very close to my heart. And I just... You know, that just got me thinking about so many things. When did this arrive? Who provided it? Why wasn't this facility there when I was in Bible college? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, was I was also fascinated. wondering how do they organize the competition? Who wins it? Oh, <laughs> is there a street fighter aficionado at Moore College who is just like, you know, the world champion in street fighter, so he carries his own machine around because he needs to keep himself sharp? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Something right. like that. <laughs> uh, so I was very happy for the Moore College students. I know, yes, students need a bit of relaxation, and that's a fun game to be able to play. Yeah. I, someone who was playing it, I didn't get to have a turn. but um, oh, uh, That was my yeah. next question, whether you actually got to give it a go. No, no, I... I um, it was in between things. I couldn't quite do it, but um, it brings back a lot of memories. Not that I played a lot, but it's got this strong memory of something super fun in my childhood that I didn't quite have the money to be able to play. So it's this, you know, it's, it's got all sorts of things going on. <laughs> yes. Did you play growing up? Oh, no. It, you're, no you're too young. We, yeah. we definitely weren't. We'd, we would never have even seen a game like that in, <laughs> in Roma, and I wouldn't have seen them. Yeah, we, we played computer games a little yeah. Like we would literally line up on the spare bed waiting for our turn to play <laughs> Battlestar Galactica or something like that. We, yeah. we didn't have any other consoles or anything. So it did look super fun. That Yes. Yeah. So the, that's, that's another draw card for the next uh, more college conference. I'll, I'll be yes. going down. Just sort of maybe, you know, seeing what's going on at uh, morning tea. So uh, <laughs> You yeah. will be arriving early to spot in some time with the next <laughs> So, yeah, well, that's my um, story. What about you, Joe? <laughs> well, I'm. Um, I wanted to tell about tell you about what happened for me. Um, it was actually over a month and a bit ago. I was in Darwin over Christmas um, to visit my sister and her husband and their kids. Uh, they were moving to Brisbane, so I went up to Darwin um, to do Christmas with them with my brother and my mum. So there was a cloud of us all up there, and mm -hmm. we decided to do this thing called fish feeding. 
So it's it, the place is called Aquacine, but no one called it that. It, it's basically a fish feeding sanctuary. Yeah. And so the history goes that years and years and years ago, probably in the 50s, there was this guy who started, who had a friend, that a crocodile that was his pet and a, another, you know, random, like dogs and other animals. Anyway, he started mm. feeding the fish and it, to try and catch them for dinner. But then they became his friends. And so it became <laughs> this thing. It's this place called Doctor's Gully and it's got all this history, classic Northern Territory place where all these yeah. random different things happen in the one place. Yeah. But in Doctor's Gully, this guy called Carl lived there and he started feeding the fish and now is an, an, a time-honoured tradition where you pay a lot of money to go in and chuck bread at fish. And I thought, you know, how's this going to go? This is going to be really fun for the toddlers. But I yeah. actually had a mad fun time. Oh, really? Because <laughs> there's Getting something fish. about, yeah, there's something about just watching some fish nibble on some bread that's actually quite engaging. <laughs> so the fish, the kinds of fish I saw, I saw a lot of mullets. They were yeah. diamond-scaled mullets. Mullets, and okay. They were not particularly attractive fish, but gosh, <laughs> they were hungry. <laughs> and wow. the highlight of it was... I looked over and it looked like there were these fish eating this lady's feet. But oh, it wasn't really? That. She had, she was obviously an employee because she looked so cool, calm and collected. She sat on the grandstand. It was basically these cement grandstands, mm. but you could also wade into the water and have the fish feed out of your hands kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so she was sitting on the grandstand with a piece, uh, quite a large piece of bread tucked between her two to biggest toes. <laughs> and the fish were just nibbling on this bread. Oh. And I looked at it and I was like, Challenge accepted. And oh, so I gave it a go. <laughs> you are right yeah. into it. Uh, well, I did. And it was quite out of character. Anyway, so <laughs> some of it was I fed some fish with bread between my toes and it was a bit fun. And the kids were having a great time and Ali and Dean and mum and Tom and I were having a great time. So, yes, I can recommend it. If you're in Darwin, why not have a crack at it? It's Feed some fun. hungry mullet. Yeah. Yes. Love you for it. A whole lot of mullets that are not of the hair variety. <laughs> <laughs> oh well well done great no Thanks, excellent have those tips for uh yeah darwin activities fish feeding yeah um yes. but uh, i cannot think of any segue to shift us from fish feeding into the yes, bible it doesn't really fit unless i was talking about you know feeding the five thousand, which i'm not i'm talking about two corinthians 36 or two chronicles 36 i should say yes two chronicles um, right. because i just had the most wonderful catch-up i do this harvest leadership program as you know we have hardest leadership at church and it's basically um that we have leaders around church we want to encourage and equip to serve jesus here in newcastle and lake macquarie and so uh, for two years you meet with um, a harvest leader and you're trying to encourage them and pastor them and help them to know jesus better but also to mature um, in their ministry skills and competence and their knowledge of god hmm. and so i met for the first time with josie um shout out to josie and mm -hmm. we decided for this year we're going to spend some time in the Bible looking at the post-exilic period. Both of us are feeling rusty on it and we just thought, yeah, let's get into the Old Testament. Rose, Josie's a really mature woman, so we wanted to dig into something a bit a bit meaty. Yeah. And so today we started by thinking, okay, when does this post-exilic period start in the Bible? And so mm. we got the Bible open, we got the Old Testament survey book open, we got the Bible um, dictionary open, but we read some Bible as well. And mm. 2 Chronicles 36 had this amazing few verses. We also read the end of two Kings, but two Chronicles was particularly good. And it says from verse 15, the Lord, the God of their ancestors sent word to them through this, his messengers again and again, because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked God mess God's messengers, despised his words and scoffed at his prophets. 
until the wrath of the Lord was aroused against his people and there was no remedy. He brought up against them the king of the Babylonians who killed their young men with the sword in the sanctuary and did not spare young women or young men, the elderly or the infirm. God gave them all into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. He carried to Babylon all the articles from the temple of God, both large and small, and the treasures of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the king's officials. And it continues. Um, but basically it's a it's a, a picture of how Judah, God's people, completely rejected um, their God, mm. despite him trying to call them back with the messengers that he sent again and again, the prophets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that he had pity on them in verse 15 yeah. um, and on his dwelling place. It just, particularly if you read the end of two Kings, you then move to the end of two Chronicles. Mm. Both Josie and I agreed that this is such a, a, such a clear demonstration of how God wanted to have mercy on his people and they rebelled and mocked his, his messengers. Yeah. And um, he wanted them to come back to him and they didn't repent and yeah. they were judged. And so it was, um, you know, the post-exilic period is actually really sad because they're people god's people are being judged but we yeah. were struck by god's mercy in sending prophet after prophet after prophet and um we're looking forward to digging into those prophets and yeah that, that period. Oh, that's such a helpful summary paragraph there because it mm. really holds together that whole tension of god's love and patience and mercy and yes. pity uh but also his um determination to to judge and correct and stop and, yes. um, evil and wickedness yeah yeah. Um, and we were struck by how Jehoiachin, uh, this this is during the time of Zedekiah, what I read was during the time of Zedekiah, mm. who had been put in as a little puppet king after Je- Jehoiachin had been removed. And yeah. it was so clear that Jehoiachin was doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. And and so God had seen fit that Jehoiachin had been removed and then Zedekiah gets put in and he's no better. Mm. And you can just see the trajectory of these kings being so like doing evil in the eyes of the Lord and the people following and how God actually couldn't let that continue. Um, yeah. And I actually am thankful for a God who doesn't let evil go unchecked. Yeah. And, but yeah, it, it's still also confronting because I have evil that I have in my heart and I um, pause, causes me to move in thankfulness to Jesus, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Sobering to, to see God's judgment as well. Mm. And I love the way that you guys are taking on this project of um, mm. understanding the uh, exilic period, the mm. post-exilic period. Mm. Um, yeah, it gets um, tricky. I, I don't think it's a real strength of mine. So, mm. um, yeah, a determination to uh, learn more about the Bible and um, mm. that that's going to be really great for your growth and for Josie's ministry development and everything like yeah. that. So, Yeah, I think we're both going to know God. And God's people, like the history of God's people and God's word, so much better from just doing it together. Because I would find it hard to do it by myself. It's <laughs> also quite a like, difficult section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm thankful to God for that reminder of his justice and his mercy at the same time. Hmm. But, um, what about you? Have you been reading anything good? Well, I, I have, yes. Um, I've been reading a book for a little while now, um, and it's called The City of God by Augustine. Uh, now Augustine uh, was a church father or a real old church guy yeah about mm. AD 400s mm. uh, very influential in um, Christian theology Christian history mm. and the city of God's like oh, it, well it's a really big book where he's 
kind of, uh, it's written not too long after the um, Alaric, I think his name is, and some, um, I think they Goths have like sacked Rome, which is really um, mm. quite distressing for the Roman Empire. And um, people are potentially accusing Christians of, oh, you know, this is good because we didn't, we weren't sacrificing to the Roman gods. This disaster has happened. Um, and he's just used that as an opportunity to do a big critique takedown on Roman gods or Greek philosophy and then to launch in like the big picture of what God is doing in the world. Um, so wow. it's pretty much everything. Like this book is over a thousand pages. Um, so it's probably the biggest book I've read. Well, yeah, in a long, long time. So I'm going through fairly slowly, but mm. also like as fast as I can, I'm trying to get bogged down. Um, I keep thinking about the monks who, <laughs> who copied this, um, <laughs> until the invention of the printing press. And I yeah. think, wow, those guys, that's a big job. This is a lot of Latin scrolls and books to be writing. Um, mm. but it's, um, uh, yeah, I've really uh, enjoyed it. Not that I quite understand it. Not that I'm, you know, particularly at risk of going back to Roman gods. But uh, he's got such a love of God and a confidence in the Bible and a a willingness to engage in in the popular views about um, Roman gods or Greek philosophy um, mm. that that these ideas are wrong, um, silly, unhelpful, um, and what. God teaches in the Bible is so much better. So um, it's really, yeah, too kind of expansive to summarize much more than that. Uh, but it's it's been great. Um, and now and again, getting into little little gems that really get you thinking. He does quite think quite deeply into the nature of evil, um, and you know, in a little section that caught my attention. And he's taken a few pages to really point out that evil is not exactly a thing, an existence. Uh, it's a corruption of something good. So uh, just a little, um, little quote here. There is no such entity in nature as evil. Evil is merely a name for the privation of good. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, he's just really magnifying God's goodness and the goodness of creation, protecting or defending against any idea that God created evil or made evil and just mm. shows evil for what it is. And this is in a section of kind of um, where did sin come from? You know, he's done creation. He's looking at the fall now. So mm. amazingly deep philosophical engaging with culture. And so, um, yeah, I think it's doing me good reading it. Yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could take a while. Um, and, uh, yes, the, uh, there's another guy, Chris Watkin, who's um, recently written a book a bit inspired by City of God, I think, which I will get to down the track. But um, Sometime, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's what I'm in the middle of at the moment, and I, I may share some more ideas for, for the podcast as I've still got about uh, another 600 yeah. pages to go. <laughs> but I guess it's that's what we want to be doing in the Christian life, isn't it? Bringing things into our sphere, our mind and our hearts, which lift, lift us to think about how other Christians love God mm. and what we can learn from that. And so yeah. I just think it's so wise that you know not everyone can – just pick up Augustine and read it. Like I'm, I'm not sure I could, but I can. <laughs> I, like I'm encouraged by the model of it and thinking, yeah, okay, let's keep pushing ourselves to read these bigger things, or at mm. least challenge ourselves beyond what we're usually reading. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, great. yeah. Nice to be reading someone old, uh, you know, different century. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
yeah that's uh Ooh. that's been good so uh city of god by augustine um mm. yeah um happily uh recommended but it, it, it is a long read um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so it, it has been great t- today joe talking about fish feeding street fighter 2 <laughs> Street Fighter 2. Two Chronicles and uh, City of God. Yes. Um, what uh, what uh, encouragement can we leave for our readers today, our listeners today? Um, well, you and I both love, you know, love going to our church on the Sunday. And so I guess we'd want to encourage anyone who's listening, if you're, if you're not part of a church on a Sunday, if you're not attending regularly, why not head along this Sunday? Why not jump, jump on? Um, a web page and find a church and head along. We just um, cannot recommend enough um, um, jumping into God's word and praising God together with other Christians. And if you would like to come along, why not come along to HBC? Details on our webpage, hunterbiblechurch.org. We would love to see you there. Fantastic. Well, um, enjoy uh, your week, Joe. And um, yeah, <laughs> I look will. forward to uh, chatting to you again next time. Sounds good. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.